Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Today's guest is a special one. I've been trying to get her on my podcast for about three to four months now. With her busy schedule, I was finally able to do it today. And you dog lovers out there are in for a real treat. This young lady follows her heart and passion and has built a very successful dog training business, among other things. Her entrepreneurial spirit is what attracted me most, and I just had to have her on the show. Erica Gonzalez, welcome to the podcast. What an intro. Thank you so much. Very positively reinforcing for me. So thank you very much, Nick. I'm I'm just so happy to be on. Thank you for having me. And I love what you're doing with the podcast. So really excited to get to chat today. Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to have you here. I know my wife is especially excited too. She can't awesome. wait till this goes live and Yay. listen. Just a backstory on Erica and um, her husband, John. We partnered with them Back in late 2019 with my wife's business, Rough House, which was a new startup indoor dog park business, which actually came to a quick end due to COVID-19 in early 2020. So not to talk too much about that, but that's how we connected and we had a good thing going for a little while. And then uh, obviously, you know, things changed for not just us, but for many people. Yeah. But I wanted just to go back to your traditional career path. You have a degree at West Virginia University, right? Mm-hmm. Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers. <laughs> 2009 grad with a BS in public relations, advertising, and applied communication. So you started that traditional career path, and then you, you worked for a uh, Fortune 500 company, Bristol Myers Squibb, for a couple mm-hmm. of years, right? Yep. Uh, you yep. were content coordinator. And then after that, you got into a company called Slack Incorporated as an acquisitions editor and marketing representative. Mm-hmm. When did you, and, and just from the timeline, I'm seeing that you, around towards the end of Bristol Myers Squibb, you started your business. Mm-hmm. Were you always a dog lover? Did you have that passion early? Did you, I mean, you were obviously preparing for your business. I can see from your timeline. You want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. So I love that you're kind of filling those holes in there. Like, Oh, what's going on here? So yeah, I went the traditional route and, and, you know, learned a lot in, mm-hmm. in the corporate world and in a corporate setting. And I never, this is a funny story when I tell it, because as a child, as I'm sure most kids at some level kind of want a dog or they want a pet, Mm -hmm. you know, and I used to be, I was a little kid who would leave little notes like, Hey, for Christmas or for this holiday, for my birthday, can I get a dog? And I'd leave little reminders for my parents to find and hoping that would get them and (laughs) didn't quite happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I understood they knew how much of a responsibility it was. And I was a small kid and, you know, we were a busy family. So 
never didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And basically my, I have two dogs now, but my first dog as an adult was Jade, my pit bull, who's, who's now almost uh, going to be 10 this year. Okay. And she was the reason. So when we were planning at the time, when we were planning on getting a dog, and I said, okay, I'm going to be the best dog mom on the planet if we're doing this. And so read books and got into it. And that was pretty much the reason. That was the moment. You know, I always loved animals. I always loved dogs. I always had a, a thing with animals, loved to be around them. Mm-hmm. And Jade, though, was the real moment that it went, hmm, there might be something there that I could perhaps get out of this setting that I'm not loving so much mm-hmm. being in the corporate world. Yep. Wasn't for me. I think many people it is for. I just knew, I know my DNA and my, my mm-hmm. ways about me where I was like, this isn't <laughs> going to work for much longer for me. And mm-hmm. so that was the moment. It was really that, that moment of committing to getting a, a dog myself and wanting to be the best I could be. It turned into, I think I can make something out of this and I'm good at it. Once I started yeah. applying, I was like, I could do yeah. this. You, you absolutely are good at it. And we're going to dig into your DNA a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, good stuff. And just to give people perspective about your certifications, you know, after that timeline, you actually took Catch Canine Trainers Academy, which is a dog behavior and training what is it? Three, four years. So it's a self-paced program. It's okay. like it's, a, it's almost like an online college kind of deal. Okay. That's how mm-hmm. I would equate it to. And you could finish as early as I think it was about. Like on average, I asked. I think they said about two years uh, was kind of normal average. Mm-hmm. And then some people finished sooner. Some people took a bit longer. So because I was working a full time, pretty you know, a lot was required of me at my previous jobs and, you know, had to take work home sometimes, things like that. We all go through that. Mm -hmm. So working full-time and then basically becoming again, a student full-time was definitely challenging, but I knew it was to get to the next point. So yeah. So on edge a couple, um, on average, rather a couple of years, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like an online program. And then you do get paired with a mentor. This was pre all of this now. So, you know, I'd go to classes and I was mentoring under somebody and there was a lot of hands-on stuff as well to the online, but that's mm-hmm. how I would equate it. Kind of like an online college program, if you will. Got it. And you have canine, your canine tra- training professionals, mm-hmm. fear-free certified training professional, certified dog trainer and behavior consultant, pet dog ambassador, accessor, and instructor, and a certified mentor trainer. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have a lot of certifications. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know when uh, when we were partnering, it was just like, wow, you know, we knew, we knew you guys were the one, obviously because we connected with you guys yeah, for uh, on, sure. a, on a different level as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people to know, you know, the certifications and importance of it for, for doing what you do. Do you want to, you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I would love to touch on that. I think it's such an important concept. And Mm -hmm. I think most professions, whatever someone's going to want to do, whether that's, you know, if you're not going the the college route and Mm -hmm. you are, cause you know, you go to college, you get a degree, you may work in that area. You may mm-hmm. not at all. I know a lot of people have no idea. They're not doing anything to what they got a degree in. We yeah. know all of that stuff. But 
if you do start your own business, you are, you do have entrepreneurial DNA or entrepreneurial tendencies, or mm-hmm. you want to go to a trade school or you want to do something outside yeah. of that, yeah. which I wound up figuring out later. Wish I figured that out beforehand, but not <laughs> the case, but Hey, at least it happened. But yeah, dog, you know, any space you go in, there's some type of credential needed. Like you need to know what you're doing, everything from, you know, accounting or a, a hairstylist, you know, across the board, you need some type of schooling and background and some type of ethical, you know, something to follow suit with what's up to date in that field to make sure mm-hmm. you're giving the best to your clients or your customers. So, and dog training, unfortunately, it's unregulated. So there's no, it's just whoever wants to be a dog trainer yeah. is going to be a dog trainer. And that's great that people want to be dog trainers. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving advice on members of the family pretty much and Mm -hmm. dogs have sharp teeth. And so I want to make sure I'm giving them the most accurate, the most up to date. So yeah, I, as you can see, I was like, I'm getting many certifications. (laughs) One, because I get bored easily and I do like to learn. I do like Mm -hmm. to learn, especially things I'm passionate about. I think all of us like learning more about something we love. And Mm -hmm. so there's that. And my type A personality helps (laughs) doing that as well. (laughs) And and I also just wanted to, at the end of the day, if I was going to charge money for something and I was going to go out there and say, I'm a professional and this is my rate, I want to make sure I know exactly what I'm up to, what I'm doing yeah. to warrant charging anything to somebody else to hire me. I, I really care yeah. about others and care about the information. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's important, you know, regardless of what you're doing, continuing education, knowing what's yeah. up to date in your field is is paramount. Yeah. Totally agree. And you touched on something that your industry is unregulated. And a lot of people don't know that from my experience in the short time we were in the dog business, Mm -hmm. people don't really have a clue about that. You know, they're going by referrals or friends or, you know, Mm -hmm. that uh, unregulation, you don't know what you're going to get out there. You you really don't as a dog trainer, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and Erica's business is called from dusk till dog LLC, which she started in 2012 and it's science-based. Mm-hmm. In fact, her slogan is dogs, science, passion. Yes. And I love it. You know, Thanks. my wife loves it. It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. And uh, I'd love for you to talk about why you're different than mm. other dog trainers. That is such a good question. I, being in the game now almost a decade and still learning and still mm-hmm. You know, I, I <laughs> there's a, a lyric in a, a, a hip hop song <laughs> that I was listening to the other day. And it says, <laughs> I'm a rookie and a vet. Drake said it. He's I'm a rookie and a vet. And I feel I that. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I've been in the game a long time and I know a lot, but I don't know everything. I still have that rookie mentality going on where I'm like, what's new? What else can I learn? What don't I know? Right. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. So I'm always trying to almost put myself out of business by furthering all of that. So I would say what makes me different aside from just making sure I'm up to date and the science behind what I'm doing, making sure that I'm good at my craft and I'm always trying to master my craft is I don't know if it's working in public relations, but I also think it's just my DNA. Mm -hmm. I'm very good talking to people and something with my profession is people think, 
oh, I, I don't like people. I want to work with dogs. And I'm like, no, 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 being a dog trainer is not the route to go for that. You know, yeah. my job is primarily education, educating humans to yeah. help them become better trainers for their dogs. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I might be there for a little bit and then I'm gone and you're living with your dog still. So you need to know how to do this because I'm not moving in. Although I've been asked many times as a joke to move into houses to help them. But you know, I think what makes me different is being able to bring things down to a level that's understandable to the average pet parent. And that's all of my content on social and all the stuff I put out, all my videos. I don't really use, I'm a nerd and I love the science, but I'm not speaking that way when I'm educating because only other dog trainers are going to A, appreciate it or B, know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I bring it down to a very easy level, very consumable and understandable, which mm-hmm. I think is a difficult task for a lot of folks to not keep it very highbrow and go to the sciencey part of it. Mm-hmm. I need to make it understandable for people to actually do any of it. So I, I do have a, a knack for being personable to people and having them an empathy, man, empathizing with their situation, what they're going through, yeah. what their goals are, the challenges they have. And so empathy, personable, and just keeping it easy to consume, easy to understand, easy to remember. So I'm a master of analogies. That's my gift. <laughs> master of analogies for dog training. So they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. You know, using parallels with human behavior and kids, parenting children and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So people get those and they can grasp onto those concepts much easier. And I do use some humor, as uh, you may have seen on my page. So I do keep it funny yes, and keep do. it light. We want to have some fun, too, even though we're having issues with our dogs. So I think, <laughs> I think a couple of those things is what makes me different from most. Mm-hmm. And just the science-based aspect, can mm-hmm. you just correlate that with your methods, you know, yeah. and how you're different than other trainers who I think uh, – maybe use a different approach. You can touch on that, you know, more so. Yeah. So I, you know, I know Nick, you know this about me. I'm very blunt about this. So it's, you know, and I don't, I will preface this by saying I'm not trying to shame anybody Mm -hmm. because we do get tagged for like, well, don't shame people. And of course I'm not trying to do that, but I do want to inform though. And if that makes people uncomfortable, then that's data for them to go, well, why does this make me feel uncomfortable? Right. So feeling ashamed is different than being ashamed or feeling some type of way about information Mm -hmm. is, you know, so I'm just trying to educate. I'm just here to help maybe say something someone may have not heard, or maybe they read Mm -hmm. something. So I'm just trying to make, make my profession have some type of standards. I want to hold my profession accountable because I want people to get the correct information. I really don't care about the feelings behind it. I just want people to know what the right answer is. So yes, with the science part and what we mean when we say science-based is just essentially I joke with people about this, but I'll say, listen, your dog's doing this and it's frustrating them and they want it under control like yesterday, right? We want things snappy, snappy Mm -hmm. right now. And I want, yeah, I want that too. Hey, I'm very snappy, snappy. I'm very uh, fast paced. You can ask my husband Mm -hmm. and um, you know, but when it comes to behaviors, we know as humans, it takes some time and effort. We can't just change overnight, you know, try to break a bad habit we have. It does not easy. And so uh, when we talk about science-based, what essentially means is we have two ways to train the dog. You can either 
scare the crap out of it, make him feel uncomfortable, make him feel that you're going to do it or else. Or we can try to have a positive relationship and help guide that animal to making correct decisions and then reinforcing, rewarding, encouraging those correct behaviors. You can do either or. And no one says, no real professional is going to say punishment doesn't work. It's like with kids, like punishment works, but it usually Mm -hmm. comes at a cost. You know, I could punch someone in the mouth to get them to do something I want them to do, but should I? Probably yeah. not. The relationship's not going to be great. Yeah, like, that, right? right. Like, I, I might sit at the dinner table, like, really ready mm-hmm. to go as a kid and, like, mm-hmm. really scared of my parents. Is that the best way to get that behavior? Not really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it can break down your bond with the dog. It has other negative side effects. You know, dogs can't talk to us. And so if I'm using punishment in something, I see a lot of times the dogs, they will all of a sudden have a association to something I did not intend for them to have an association to that's negative. Now, for example, if the dog jumps on guests. Yeah. And so we start yelling or pulling the dog down or some, some people even like, you know, maybe hitting the dog or just really mm-hmm. being angry at the dog for jumping. And they're actually just jumping because they're really happy to see the person. And now what can happen, you do that a few times, dog might not like guests coming in anymore mm-hmm. because they're very simple. It's A equals B. When the guest comes, I get in trouble. They don't necessarily relate it to the jumping. And if your timing, your timing has to be perfect. Nobody's right. timing's that good. And even if it was, they're going to start really associating it to only when people come in. Mm-hmm. And you have a dog that's now acting a little funky around people when he was friendly before. I've had that happen to people and it sucks. And then we, now they're dealing with a whole different beast of a different slew of issues. So my whole thing with the science is what we know about both parenting children, marriages, relationships, bosses with their employees and staff. And regardless of where you're at in life, we're all relationships. We're going to be better if the relationship is at least mostly nurturing and positive and, Mm -hmm. and guiding, right? We don't want, you know, we all have moments for humans, but it's all about positive reinforcement. And I think most people deep down don't get a dog to not have a positive relationship with them. I think unfortunately, because of the lack of regulation, it becomes like those two schools of thought. And it just Mm -hmm. depends. Some dogs do better with this and some dogs do better with that. That's not true. Every animal, us included, does better with positive reinforcement. So Mm -hmm. if I can get the behavior and not tear the relationship down at all, of course, I'm going to go that route. So it's not only more effective, but it comes at no risks to doing that where the other method comes with a lot of risks, Mm -hmm. potential dangers with your dog. So- Got it. And, mm-hmm. and consistency too, right? Yes, we do need to right. be consistent. This is like a fitness routine, okay? We can't r- work out one time and have six-pack abs. It, yes. So it takes a commitment to doing yeah. it. Yes, it's a relationship. Yeah. I think of yeah. dog training like a lifestyle. Yep. Not a fixed point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you for breaking that down. And Sure. And one thing too I want to I wanna mention too, which is something that I learned from you. Dogs have the brain capacity of a three-year-old child. Is that correct? Is that what I remember correctly? So we don't know exactly where Mm -hmm. they're at because there's differences. Like any studies, there's... Some dogs are a little... Yeah, Yeah, like people, it's kind of, you know, but generally speaking, they're adult dogs, which is somewhere between two and four years old when they're fully done developing. Mm -hmm. They're somewhere like a toddler, 
Yeah. Is what I would say. So, you know, we don't Got know it. for certain because it's very hard to measure these things exactly, yes. even with the science. But we know they're generally they're smart. You know, a three yeah. or four year old kid's not an idiot. They're aware yeah. of things, and, yeah. but they're not the wise elderly human brain in that little dog. So, you know, that's that stuck with me so much because it's just like, I think people need to know that, you know, need to realize that like your dog has the brain capacity of a four-year-old child. So why are we yelling at him? Why are we doing this to him? Like, you know, treat the animal, you know, like, like a child, like a baby, you know? And, And like you said, it can't talk. It really can't communicate, you know, on our language, I think right. you know how to communicate better than most because you learn the signals and the signs and right. and you develop that relationship with the dog because mm-hmm. you, you've taken the time, you're patient, you're, you know, you're going through that process with consistency. Yeah. Uh, but that was something that stuck with me that I really wanted to kind of highlight. I think that's great to highlight because most people do think that their dog is, that they should know they, he knows yes, that you know, yes. we don't. He knows uh, to come when I call, and he knows not to chew my shoes. Uh, and then we then we turn it into this person, as humans yes. do. I'm not perfect either, <laughs> but we turn are. it. Yeah, we turn <laughs> it on us, and we're like, oh, well, he's doing it because he's mad. He's fighting mm-hmm. me. You know, he's pissed yeah. off because I left earlier to go grocery shopping. And I didn't take him out. Whatever it is, we make it about us. Yep. And behavior. <laughs> Behavior, you know, is is more we need to become better observers of our dogs. And instead of blaming, we need to be training and spend less time blaming. And I always say have very low expectations on your dog and very high expectations on yourself. Because at the end of the day, the dog didn't ask to be here. We picked them up and brought them over. <laughs> and we said, you're living here. And then yes. here's all the rules that you have no idea, but they're all rules and you have to do them all. Yeah. And if we don't take the time to really e- explain to the dog, have them understand, of yeah. course, they're going to have some trouble. And so one last thing I'll say about that is there's this thing about dominance. I do want to touch on real quickly. Yes. The dog is challenging us. If they don't listen, it's that they're spiting, they're stubborn. They're, yeah. they're, they're trying to get back at us or take over the house and dominate mm-hmm. the whole universe. And I said, listen, from the moment the dog comes in the house, we decide when they eat, what they eat, when they get at water, when they get to go to the bathroom, Mm-hmm. when they get who they get to talk to and for how long, how far they're able to go, what sections of the house they're going to be in, what toys they are allowed to play with and not when they're done playing with it. And the one microsecond, yeah, yeah. they're completely, mm-hmm. you know, not having any autonomy for the most part and not many choices in their lives. And then the one second they do something usually extremely normal for dogs to do, mm-hmm. we go, oh, they're dominant. And they're trying to take over and I need to show them who's boss. And I'm like, you need to show them who's boss. <laughs> Isn't that already? Didn't we put that to rest? Yeah. We're literally controlling every, every damn thing the dog does. So I say that to help, help people feel better not to make them feel worse to go. Oh yeah. Like we are controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Let's give the dog a little grace here. What do we need to do here to meet them where they're at? So your dog's not trying to dominate you. They are just doing what works or they're not very trained on that thing that we just think they're pre-programmed perhaps to know, or we practiced it once or twice and we think the dog should know it. So yes, just be, be kind and try to empathize with the, they're, they're doing the best they can with the information they have. Yeah. Love it. I mean, they give us unconditional love. Why can't we do the same? Why can't we do the same? Yeah. Hey, they deal with our crap all the time. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, I I mean, with our you know you know our story with with, yeah. with our dogs, and uh, you know we recently fostered one. We were a foster failure because uh, yes. it was only supposed to be for a couple of weeks. And COVID <laughs> hit, and we we couldn't let her go. And she, I know. I, I have a newfound love, you know, for. I mean, I've always I've always been an animal lover, but yeah. this dog is really. Not that I don't love my other dog, but I get it. this connection is just different. She is just a sweetheart, and uh, I just uh, just love her so much. <laughs> That's all. You have great dogs. I love your dogs. They're just fantastic, and they they are so loving. You know. Yeah. And different personalities bring you different mm-hmm. challenges, but also seeing different parts of a dog that maybe you know. I have two dogs, and Freddie's my sassy Chihuahua, mm-hmm. and you know I've learned a lot from him that was different than my calm pit bull that just you know mosey does around the house and is pretty low key. And then I got him, and I was like, oh boy, you know he he was a rescue too, and just a lot of work. He had a lot of issues. So it gave me a different kind of love, just, you know, they're individuals. So I think I totally understand that, empathize with it. Yep. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. How many social media followers are you up to these days? 50,000 plus or where, oh, where are you at? Across the board? Across the board. You, you over oh, 50 now? Uh, <laughs> across the board, I would say somewhere around like 125,000. What? I think uh, you were you were that's 45, thanks to TikTok. Yeah, well, you're right. TikTok was killing. TikTok's you, almost right? at ninety thousand for me, I and then uh, Instagram we're at I don't know, like twenty four something, almost twenty five. Oh, um, wow! All love organic, your, by the way. Oh, love thank you. <laughs> it's so much fun. I really have such a great time with it. Yeah. And I will say for anybody who's wanting to grow their following, because everyone's trying to do that for their business, their side hustle, their crafts, they're trying mm-hmm. to something they're selling, a service. You know, all that's organic. I've never paid Mm -hmm. for followers, never done anything shady. I just have been pumping out content for a decade on there and consistently. And then providing value is where I've gotten all those followers. And that leads me to Gary Vaynerchuk. My favorite human Gary being on the planet. V. Please let's talk about him as long as you'd like. <laughs> I mean, how, how much has he helped you? Because he certainly has helped me with just oh, yeah. the mentality, right? Like, you know, how you're looking at social media, how you're utilizing mm-hmm. it to the best of your ability and, and, and what it was created for, right? Yes. Like, it, it's like created to work just, for us. Just use it, use it, you know, and, and you're using it way more than I, and I'm still working my way there, but it's... Uh, you talk talk about you know what he has done for you because we have similar feelings there. <laughs> yes, um, I wish I could talk about this all the time. So thank you for mm-hmm. asking it. Sure. So I get asked a lot. And this sounds weird, but this is the, my truth. I've, I've been asked on other podcasts or when I'm you know getting interviewed for dog stuff, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Oh, what trainer was most mm-hmm. influential for you, or who in the space, or who in general?" And I always feel bad because yeah, there's plenty of trainers that have inspired, of course. 
course, I have a love for many trainers and books I've read and people and other content creators. Yeah, awesome. But at the end of the day, though, the only person I can really say that's ever deeply, deeply influenced me and and I I felt has helped me push to the next level, aside from my husband, he's obviously Mm -hmm. been my biggest cheerleader. He's awesome. But Gary V. Oh, yeah, thank you. He's awesome. <laughs> I do agree. And so, but Gary V, man, he's, uh, I remember listening to him. I yeah. found him years ago when I was working in the office still. This was pre mm-hmm. all of this. And I felt kind of stuck in my office job, my nine to five routine. And I just really knew it wasn't for me. And I felt mm-hmm. just, I was good at my job, but I just did not like it. And I was like, this is horrible. I can't do this. I need a way out like quickly before I get too stuck here and it's too late. And I never think it's too late, by the way. I think you can make changes regardless, but I yes, want, I knew quickly. And I was like, I need to make a move fast and not waste yep. time. So I found Gary's YouTube or somewhere online. Somebody shared something. I said, oh my God the cursing and the Jersey flair and his whole bravado. I was like, I love this man. And I uh, <laughs> loved it. And I just loved the passion he has, right? Yes. He's blunt. He's to the friggin' uh, point. Yeah. He's not sugarcoating stuff. And I'm like that. I really am. Mm-hmm. Even with my clients, I'm very loving, but I'm like, listen, this is what we got to do. I know mm-hmm. it's not the best, but this is it. This is the answer. Mm-hmm. So I love that approach to it. Just kind of cut into the chase with no bells and whistles on just yep. here's it. Here's where it's at. So, He's been probably the the number one influence on just my yep. hu- where I think my hustle really yeah. really he puts fire on uh, puts gasoline on the fire uh, for me. Me too. Me too. Yes. Right. Well, I feel what's like your that. nickname for him again? What were you calling him? He's your what? Oh, I, he's your oh what? my god! I said he's my spirit animal. Yes, spirit animal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He really is. Like I just yeah. that I I gush about him because I just I don't know why I have such a connection with somebody I've never met. but I feel like I know him and I've I've never disagreed with anything he said pretty much like I just I totally follow his plan and it's worked for me that's the other thing like it's worked really well so I I do appreciate Gary V a lot (laughs) I knew I I had to bring that up and you know you know I had the pleasure to meet him for a quick quick minute I went to Super a uh, jealous. I know you are. And I can't bring it up. No, <laughs> yes, no I just want to let people know too, if, if they are turned off by, you know, that bravado yes. and his, like when I met him, like, you know, for a minute, you know, and he took, took the time. I was at a, I was at a POP gala, you know, a fundraiser and, and a great event and what they stand for. It's pretty awesome. Got to meet him for a minute, shook his hand. And he, you know, he just took the time to, you know, ask about me and, you know, where I'm from and, and just, as advertised, like a good, yeah. good dude, really good yeah. dude. And anyway, wanted to share that because he's the man. He, he really is. The yeah. audio experience. It's just, it's, it's awesome. You know, what's funny about that? I named my podcast as an homage to Gary V's. My podcast called the dog training audio experience. And that was a nod was, to Gary. I was leading right to that. Oh, sorry. I, I, knew, it. I knew it. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, you're also podcast podcast host. Yeah. And, and it's called, <laughs> the dog training audio experience. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you if that's where you got it. Awesome. It is. Yeah. That's me mm-hmm. paying tribute to our man, Gary. So <laughs> I call him uncle Gary too. I'm like, uncle Gary said to do this. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. my little thank you to Gary to love start it. my podcast when I was coming up with the name there. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Thanks. Let's Talk a little bit about COVID-19, how it impacted your business and the way your business shifted because you, you made some changes, yes. looks like late 2020 and into this, you know, year. Talk mm-hmm. about the shift. 
I think we all had some type of shifting to do and I was no different. I was in the bucket with everybody else freaking out initially. Like, you know, I came for many, many years driving all around New Jersey, going to people's homes, Mm -hmm. helping them with their dogs and going over behavioral cases and everything else. That was my life for a long time. And then I was doing content stuff when I had two seconds. And then 2019, I started, you know, I went from seven days a week, completely always working. And I said, all right, I'm ready to take a day off here. So I started taking some time and then 2020 happened. And I was like, with like everybody else, what am I going to do? Cause my job involves going into people's houses, which is yeah. the last thing you're supposed to be doing. So I can't do this. Yeah. So luckily for me, I've had, because of social media, and having the following and I didn't have as much as I have now, but I did have a decent following. And I had that no like and trust thing going because of all my video content. People feel like they, they kind of know who I am, like kind of like Gary, like you feel like, you know, Gary is he's constantly talking on camera. So I was doing a lot of that. And I had a couple of clients who wanted to work with me specifically that were not located anywhere near me, were out of state across the country, California. And so I said, okay, let's do virtual chats. And I started educating here and there virtually, like we're all doing now. And so I had a little bit of experience doing that, but obviously it wasn't what I was normally doing. So then 2020 hit and I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So very quickly, I was like, all right, I got this. I'm going to push everyone to virtual. I'm going to switch everyone who I was working with and just sell them on going virtual. And I'm a pretty good saleswoman. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I suck at a lot of things, but there's things I don't, and I know my strengths. So I go in on that and I was like, all right, listen, this is the same. You're getting the same info. Instead of sitting on your couch, I'm sitting in front of the computer. You're getting the same stuff, people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, give it a try. See if you like it. And so I did everything. And I'm not going to lie. I know it was a difficult time for a lot of people, but it was very successful for me. And I'm very grateful that I was able to shift 90% of my clientele to go to virtual right away. Awesome. And then any new clients, because now everybody's home, everybody adopted a dog during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, it got clients. People had problems with the dog because of separation anxiety. So all these potential clients and services started popping up more so. So, and they are everyone at that point. So where we're not supposed to see each other. So they were more on board as the months went on to doing virtual. Mm-hmm. So I had no, it was almost seamless that I got all of that. And then I went into brand deals and content. So I was like, all right, well, I'm home now. Now I'm not driving. I'm saving hours that I was doing driving all over the place. So I would get on camera and I started doing more tutorials. And that's where I really got into more of the content creator part of me. Mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, one little opportunity turned into a lot of opportunities. And I got into the brand space and I got some pretty big pet brands that I know and love that I use anyway, that wanted to pay me for videos. And I was like, yep, thank goodness for that. Because, you know, I was just grateful to be working. You know, I know it's been tough for a lot of folks and I was just very, very grateful that I had those opportunities. So a lot of shifting went on and, and now I'm, now I'm at a place where I've, I've actually taken, I stopped doing one-on-one client work for the most part. And Mm -hmm. 
I started doing Patreon. So Patreon was another thing, a, a thing from 2020. Yes. And now I have, um, you know, over 60 people in there, which I thought, well, I didn't think one person would sign up. So it just goes to show if you're trying something, try it out. Don't say no when you don't know who needs it. Go all in, right? Go all yes. in and try and it out. Like you touched on about your strengths, double down on your strengths, right? Right. Who says that? Who says that? Gary. Gary. Uncle Gary <laughs> says that. <laughs> I love yeah. it. And, and and Patreon, you touched on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about that. What is Patreon all about? If you could share a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to. This has been phenomenal. So mm-hmm. so at that point, I said, okay, I'm doing virtual. That was going well. And then I said, okay, now mm-hmm. I got these brand deals so I could pull back from one-on-one client work. And where can I, my next goal is I wanted to, in the same hour I would spend with one person, can I help way more people in one setting, in one sitting? Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, what's this Patreon thing about? I sign up. And essentially how I would explain Patreon is it's a online kind of community mm-hmm. that you can set up your own. Think of like the mall and then they have mm-hmm. kiosks you can rent in the mall. So now you're in the mall, but you have your own kiosk selling your own services, your own art, your own thing. And then you kick back a tiny bit to the mall who's letting you be there. So Patreon's the mall. And then I have my own page on Patreon, which is like my kiosk, my virtual kiosk. And so I have tiers, you know, five bucks a month. You get access to all of my exclusive content on there and and client handouts and worksheets. And then 15, Uh, you get a once a month, like chat with me. And then 35, you get two chats Mm. uh, in a group setting. So I just started shifting everybody to there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no one's going to sign up for this. It's fun. I'll just make it a fun thing and see what happens. And then it was like more and more people signing up, signing up. And I was like, wow, this is an income stream. If you know what you're doing and you have a, yeah. people want access to you or your services or something you're doing, amazing stuff on there. Wow. So I've had a blast on Patreon and yeah, I'm over, I think 64 people as of yesterday, which is mind blowing. And I cried That's a little, great. but it's so fun. And so now awesome. I'm able to help more people in one setting. Cause I think after 10 years doing one-on-one client work, which I love, and I may go back to at any moment. I just, um, I want to try to help more people with my time as many mm-hmm. people as I can. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my next phase of my yeah. career is that, that I'm in now. Do you see my head spinning right now? I have so many. <laughs> I, you got me thinking. You got me. I know, I, right? Ideas are coming. <laughs> yes, good. I love that. That's I love awesome. that. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. Interesting and definitely having its challenges and everything. But overall, um, for this whole thing, this whole pandemic, this whole thing has just forced me as, as an entrepreneur to, yeah. again, I think entrepreneurs are some of the best people that they know how to adapt and move quickly and change and adjust And you need to have those skills when you're in any type of entrepreneurial space because you never know what's going to happen, you know, and you got to quickly make a shift and make it work and make it move and stay afloat. So that uh, helped me hone that skill again. You know, it makes me think about post I saw, I believe my business partner posted something that uh, Mm -hmm. that he'd shared from somebody that it's 90% mindset. It's 10% of execution. Like, like, just think about that. Like, if that's like true, mm-hmm. you just have to shift your mindset to what you want to go after. Right. And then execute it and then stay positive. Right. And just focus, be consistent. You know, all those words. Yeah. Like, wow, that really hit me. You know, if it's 90% mindset and only 10% execution, like anyone can do it. You just mm-hmm. got to shift, got to shift their mindset. Yeah. Mindset's huge. You know, if you're not in the right headspace for it. It's, yeah. 
again, it's as an, in an entrepreneurial setting like that, it's you're it. If you yeah. don't adjust, then we're done here. So it's, you know, whether you, sometimes you're kind of forced to make adjustments. Yeah. So yeah, I think being in a, in the right headspace is going to help you yeah. be able to execute better because sure. you're going to be ready and willing and open for that. So yeah. definitely wasn't all the way easy, but it all turned out okay for me. And I'm just grateful that it, it turned out the way. And I did work really hard to make sure I would survive all of this. Because I, I had opportunities. I could. I could. I had avenues. I just had to make them work. So luckily they did. Oh, you work hard. Every time I reach out, you ready for the podcast? You ready? You ready? Oh, I, I, I got so much going on. I was like, I got to wait till I can sit down and be and give it this all the attention that it deserves. So yeah, no, awesome. And I'm, and I'm glad you finally were able to do it and decided to to join me. Me too. This has been a lot of fun. A uh, couple other things too. You yeah. recently co you're the co-owner with your husband, the 16 comics. Talk about yeah. that. I, I see a lot of your husband's posts. It's a successful online comic book retail store. Yeah, actually, I'm so glad you brought this up because this was another weird product of 2020 that has turned mm-hmm. into i very, very shocked and overwhelmed in the most positive way. But yeah, my husband, you know, grew up with comic books and it's very nostalgic for him and he loves it. I'm more of, we're different generations, even though we're Mm -hmm. married. And so it's quite funny. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? I don't know anything about any of that. And so he got me into all the movies. So now I'm a geek with the movies and the (laughs) TV shows and all the film stuff because I'm a film buff. So that got me. Mm -hmm. But he, you know, we started right before this was February, 2020, like one month before the world came to a screeching halt, we started kind of flipping comics. We would go find like kind of special ones at a cheaper rate and we'd flip them online on eBay mm-hmm. and we'd make some money. And it was like, Oh, nice. Like we'll go out to dinner with this or we'll mm-hmm. put this towards the car payment or, Oh, that's cute. You know? Mm-hmm. And then that turned into like John coming to, so he's very, I mean, he's a phenomenal business person, I mean, we're just us together down there or just like two maniacs just making everything work. So I love that about our relationship because awesome. yeah. I don't know if we'd see each other otherwise. <laughs> so that's good. So, you know, he's a phenomenal businessman. And so he came to me one day and he said, listen, I'm going to spend several hundred dollars now to hopefully make a bigger profit. And I was like, all right, well, just be careful. You know, nobody, I kind of like was very supportive, but like, all right, make sure you make our money back. Mm-hmm. And he, it was great. And I was like, okay, great. So then we kept pushing and then long story short, this pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Now we're all, you know, we're home more. Now we have more time to try to look into this and learn. And then we started connecting. We made contacts with big YouTube channel people in the comic space that would talk about some of this. And and then, you know, we made an LLC for it and started a website and did the whole thing. And now it's grown into, man, like I'm going to, we're going to be able to pay off my college loans with this business. Wow. Like I'm, we're, awesome. we're going to get it. We're potentially going to get out of debt because With my business, although it's successful, it's just me. I'm selling me. Mm -hmm. And there's only one of me and there's only so many hours in a day. When you're in retail, you can sell the same thing 500 times and it's kind of doing the work for you. So in that space, there's just not someone quite like my husband, quite like John or quite like what we're doing. 
but it's hard to explain what it is, but I'll say this. It's exclusive variant covers. So if you take a Batman cover, the regular comic's a couple bucks. It's the normal one. Mm-hmm. And we hire a, an artist. Like we pick through artists and we have them, we commission them to do a special like art piece, a mm-hmm. different cover. Okay. Now there's only like 300 of those covers in existence. So just like any art or product that is limited supply, it's going to be worth more money when you sell it. Okay. So we commission artists. The book is the same, just we have this art special edition cover. kind of cover mm-hmm. that is like a phenomenal artist did this beautiful work on it. And it's still Batman, mm-hmm. but it's like kind of a one of a kind type of thing or, you know, something like that. So we're basically the producers of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Like there's the actors, there's the director, there's the main company that's paying for all of that and doing all, but then we commission, you know, the artists. So we're kind of the producers. If I use an analogy to movies, Mm -hmm. it's like the producers. We're not doing any of it. We're kind of putting all of it together to have it happen and putting in the money to have it work. Right where you want to be. Right. Yeah. So my (laughs) husband's great at it and it's phenomenal. He's been working very hard and all, you know, all hours of the night we're, we're making it work. It's out of our basement. You know, we're working out of the basement, family business. The kids are helping us. It's uh, we're all coming together because of all this. So the kids are helping out. I'm down there and it's a very big family thing. So we're all contributing to it. It's, it's been quite fun, quite a ride. Awesome. And, and I see a lot of his posts on social media and so, some of the art is like, wow. Like, you know, yeah, I, I was in the comic cool. books a little bit. I was more into baseball cards and stuff, but which I should have gotten back in. Gary V was saying, mm, I was going to say, oh, yeah. well, basketball, he was, I think he's heavy into basketball. Uh, oh, okay. But man, does he, does he turn those cards? Ooh. Yeah. It's basically, it, yeah, it's, it's like anything else. It's kind of like flipping in a way. Yeah. You're kind of creating it. And he did call it the 616 comics because that's like the main universe for I think the Marvel Marvel okay. place. So, yeah. So if anyone's listening and happens to be into comic books, it's the six one six comics.com. But yeah, we, we have a really good time with it. And, and he, I think the main thing with that and why it's so successful is because he's truly passionate about yes. it and he's good at it because he's passionate about it. He knows about it. He's in that space. Yep. So that's where, the best where, where everyone recipe. wants to be right. Doing something that they love and are passionate yeah. about it. I love it. I love yeah. It. It's unique, but it, it, man, if when you can do it, it's, quite something good for him tell him i said hello oh i sure will he <laughs> says hi too by the way i did tell him we were coming on today so thanks awesome and outside of work because obviously you're passionate as hell along with your hubby mm-hmm. what you guys are doing doing it a lot together like you said yeah but what do you do outside how do you take time for yourself and you know obviously I know you'd like to work. I, I get it because I feel the same way. Yeah. But outside of work, what do you do that you're passionate about? So I have had some trouble with this in my yeah. past. You know I, know, I know you struggled. I know I think a lot of business owners, small business owners, we struggle with it because it is all on our shoulders and you really can't be off, off all yeah. the time or, or like clock out. It's not a clock out at five o'clock type yeah. of job. So it's difficult to navigate that sometimes. I would say my, in another life, and maybe in this one, who knows? I love (laughs) film, acting and Mm -hmm. movies. And Mm -hmm. we, I mean, I'm just like enthralled with watching movies and just the acting and the music. And I used to be like a theater geek in middle school and do all the shows. So like, Mm -hmm. 
I just love that stuff. So we watch a lot of movies even before 2020. That's kind of our family thing together and something we do as a couple a lot. So we watch all the good shows, all the good movies. And I dream of being an actor and all that stuff. Uh, so that's kind of like a fun thing mm-hmm. we do. And, you know, we do a lot of reading when we can't, well, we used to we try mm-hmm. to spend some time reading some books I want to read, but we live this simple life these days. We're working from home, you know, we do plan like, Something I know that's helped our marriage because we're working so much and I have my business and he has his business is we help each other and Mm -hmm. it's all hours a day. We do schedule weekly date nights where it's like, okay, Friday night, we're off and we just, the date is we go to our living room and watch a movie or like hang out, but it's like phones down, world off, you know, we're going to disconnect And I think that's important for anybody, you know, whether that's with somebody or just on your own, you need to make appointments with yourself, something you enjoy, or just relax a little bit. Just, just give yourself the permission to sit down for five minutes and not do anything. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, movies is a big go-to. We love, we love doing trips, you know, Airbnbs or beach days and stuff like that that we're looking forward to. So just some wholesome hanging out and doing some, some hobby stuff. Thank you for sharing. Good stuff. Yeah. And if you were to talk to a younger, younger version of yourself, not knowing what you want to do with your career, maybe you think you know what you want to do. Maybe you started something and then you realize, you know, I'm, I don't love this. Mm-hmm. If you were to share with someone how to get into your industry or just get into something that they're passionate about, what, what steps could they take to maybe find that? So I'll address the getting into my space briefly, Mm -hmm. and then I'll generalize it to anything. But if you wanted to get into the dog training space, I think it's a great, this is actually aligned with your whole podcast and just like Mm -hmm. other avenues. You know, maybe we're not, if you're young enough to consider college, and I say I have four stepchildren, and I tell them my feelings about college, and I do not hold it, I do not hold back. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I'm like, listen, you know, if you have dreams, you know, being a, you know, Gary says this too, so I'm going to yes, sound just like him, but I'm proud of that. But, you know, like mm-hmm. doctor, lawyer, accountant, yep. dentist, what? fine. Yes. Go pay out the wazoo and because you, yep. you can't do if it. That's otherwise. what you want to do. Yeah. Right. If that's yep. it, do it. Good for you. Yep. But if you're not 100% sold on one of those very like in a box professions, I'm like, nah, I don't think you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I feel like especially as people that like my generation are becoming the bosses and the Mm -hmm. people hiring the hiring managers. And it's less like, we're all, you know, getting to another phase. I think that those things are going to be less and less important. Like when I was hiring Mm -hmm. for my business, I could care less if you had any degree whatsoever. So I think it's not necessary at the level that it was, you know, decades ago. Not even close. And so I really recommend not, you know, if you, someone's going to pay for it, Great. Someone's <laughs> like, I'll pay for your whole ride. Mm-hmm. Go have fun. Yeah. Go learn and, and just have the college experience. Yes. Yes. But if you're going to go into debt for the rest of your life, pretty much, which is where a lot of America yes. anyway is, and I'm included, I hope we can get out of it with all of our business stuff going on. It's what we're working towards is to pay off debt. That's our whole <laughs> life. I'm working to pay off bills. You know, it's like, I'd like to get to a point uh, where it's not so I live my whole life it. paycheck to paycheck. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of that's because of my college debt at the end of the day. So, so with that, if you want to get into my space, it's one of those things that it's fairly 
I don't want to say easy as it takes work, but like in terms of, all right, I don't want to go to college, but I could go to dog training school Mm -hmm. and pay several thousand dollars versus like $90,000 and Mm -hmm. get some type of real credential and do this job and charge money and make a business or work for somebody that has a business in this and get paid. It's a great avenue. Now you need to be good with people. You need to have a natural kind of thing with animals and there's some kind of things you need ingrained but it is something that you can do so I think it's a great going looking up some dog training schools and if anyone listening to this is interested I do have a mentorship program that and I you can dm me email me I'll send you all the schools to consider but there's available things available to have that people can sign up and go on payment plans it's a for it's a, a feasible way of getting that job If I was talking to a younger me or just a younger person that Mm -hmm. doesn't really know what to do, you know, I'd say, hey, write out some things that you're passionate about, that you enjoy, that you find yourself not daunted by when you're doing it or talking Mm -hmm. about it or looking it up or reading about it. Just write down a list of everything that you might even remotely consider. It doesn't have to be a home run. Just remotely consider it. And then I I tell this to my stepkids, especially the younger ones. I'm like, listen, the one was like, oh, I want to be a baker. Like, I want to make cakes. I'm like, great. Like, there's bakery schools. There's, you Mm -hmm. know, go work for free when you're 17 and don't have any bills yet. Go work for free at a bakery and and learn learn for a year, six months, eight months. Maybe you hate it in three months and you go, okay, well, screw that. Thank God. Find the next thing. Like, I think before you're even 30, make all the mistakes, like try all the crap out, live in a, you know, one bedroom apartment with other people. Like I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people get caught up, move back in with your parents if you're older. And I've had colleagues of mine that move back in with their parents Mm because they're saving up for something bigger. Sure. Like who cares what anybody thinks? One of my biggest successes for me, and it's taken conditioning to get there is mm-hmm. we're all conditioned to care about what everybody friggin' thinks uh, your parents isn't and, that the truth yeah yep. it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot and you wind yep. up not doing anything you want to do so at the yep. end of the day disappoint as many people as possible before you disappoint yourself and just do Great way to put it do as much as you can that mm-hmm. that before it's not that it's ever too late but it's much harder to quit your job when you have a mortgage and two cars and a kid in college and all it's definitely harder so if you can do all of that and try it out earlier highly recommend awesome Great, great share. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And speaking of sharing, please share, you know, your website, you know, your social media, if you want yeah. to just put that out there. Oh, yeah. If anyone loves dogs, has a dog, wants to learn about dogs, you can find me everywhere on social media at <laughs> From Dusk Till Dog. The till has two L's, From Dusk Till Dog. And I'm on, oh my gosh, everything. I'm on um, yes, Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and Twitter and Pinterest and Snapchat and YouTube and LinkedIn. And my podcast is the Dog Training Audio Experience. And my website's from dusktilldog.com. Love it. Thank you so much. So looking forward to this almost as much as my wife was. She can't wait to listen to it, which will go live in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Tell but her I said thank- hello too. I will for sure. Thanks again. And uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. 